We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for April 28th, 2013. Next report is entitled, Michigan Abortionist says, It's too late for me, I'm possessed. This was from February 21st of this year. Ann Arbor, Michigan, the sidewalk counselor watched with concern as the abortionist escorted his patient out of the clinic. Now, this isn't Gosnell. This is somebody different. This is just another abortionist guy. The woman didn't seem ready to go out of the clinic. She had just got an abortion. Still woozy from the effects of the anesthesia and seemingly in pain, she wobbled to and fro, barely able to walk. The woman clung to the abortionist for support as they crossed the street in front of his abortion center. There was no one to take her home. The abortionist left her alone on the sidewalk and returned to his grim work. Worried about the woman's safety, the sidewalk counselor sent someone after her. They found her sitting on the pavement of a parking lot two blocks away next to a puddle of fresh vomit. When they asked if they could help, she couldn't speak. The police were called and an ambulance took her away. When the sidewalk counselor called the abortionist the next day to tell him his patient had been taken to the hospital, he said it was the woman's own fault for not bringing a driver. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these guys are just full of compassion, I'll tell you. They are just the most compassionate, wonderful people. It goes on to say, This and other harrowing stories comprise 17 pages of notarized affidavits filed against the Michigan abortionist Robert Alexander with the Michigan Board of Medicine and obtained by LifeSiteNews.com. Now, they do a lot on this end. The problem is, is they're totally yoked up with Catholics, as far as I can see. Which I refuse to do. Going further, the complaint paints a picture of a troubled man, often under the influence of alcohol or other substances, behaving erratically and often dangerously with stunned disregard for safety, ethics, and state law. But again, this is just standard fare. This is just another day at the office. If ever there was an extension of Satan on planet Earth, what better description would be of an abortionist that can do this in America and do it legally, all under the guise of being a doctor. The carefully documented complaint levels serious accusations against Alexander, including running an unlicensed abortion clinic in violation of state law, performing abortions in unsafe and unsanitary environments, at least one of which lacked running water, lying to property owners about how he intended to use spaces he would rent from them, Stealing from his patients, routinely releasing post-abortive women who were still under the effects of sedation, violating Michigan's informed consent laws, and possibly drug abuse. The complaint covers a two-year period from 2004 to 2006 and contains testimony from witnesses, mostly sidewalk counselors, at two out of Alexander, Alexander's abortion clinics, one in Ann Arbor, which was closed down in 2005 after he was evicted for failure to pay rent. You figure these guys are just raking in the dough. They are. But he doesn't even pay the rent. And another in a neighboring Yispalanti, I guess it's a town, which closed down about two years ago for unknown reasons. One sidewalk counselor took two and a half pages to recount her often strange experiences at Ann Arbor Clinic. She said that even when working, the abortionist frequently frequently behaved as if he was drunk or on drugs, and that he once told them that he was possessed. I've been around MDs that are like this. 
more than one. I used to work with MDs in the in the clinic I was at. I've been around enough of them to know that I truly believe and know for a fact that many of these guys are absolutely drug addicts. Hey, they can get they can prescribe whatever they want to themselves all day long because they know best. I've been around more than one. It's not my imagination. According to the counselor in August of 2005, Alexander came out of the clinic to talk to the pro-life activist standing on the sidewalk. We approached him and told him to stop killing children and to leave the place, the counselor wrote. We told him that we could help him. He answered that it was too late and that he was possessed and that he proceeded to give us a number, 50,000. We don't know what this number meant. Sounds like the number of babies he killed. I mean, if he's doing X amount of abortions per day over decades, you could get to 50,000. Easily. 50,000. Can you imagine the punishment in hell? I mean, you reap what you sow. That's scary. He had a stack of cash, but he couldn't pay the rent. He had a stack of cash about four inches wide in his pocket. And his scrubs all dirty and stained with blood. You talk about blood money. I wouldn't do anything with that money but burn it. I mean, if he came out and tried to give it to me, I'd just burn it. Put it right in the fire. But you could do use it for good. Not that money. I wouldn't even touch it. That's evil. I mean, I'm just saying, in that particular instance, no. That money came straight from the hands of women who wanted their babies killed. No. I wouldn't mess with it. That's blood money, man. And his scrubs were all dirty and stained in blood. The blood of the baby, babies he's killed. The blood of the mothers, probably, too. Which caused me to do some more searching in the Bible. Jeremiah 2.34 says, Also, in thy skirts is found the blood of the souls of the poor innocents. You ever heard that verse? That gives me chills when I found it. It gives me chills now reading it. Also, in thy skirts, in your garments, is found the blood of the souls of the poor innocents. He disembodied their souls from their innocent bodies. It goes on to say, I have not found it by secret search, but upon all these. Well, just like the lady that came out, she looked at the guy. He had, according, he had um, a stack of cash four inches wide in his pocket, and his scrubs were all dirty and stained in blood. She didn't have to do a secret search. It was apparent for the whole world to see. Exactly like this verse says. Jeremiah 2.34 Also in thy skirts is found the blood of the souls of the poor innocents. I have not found it by secret search, but upon all these. Mm. Man. Word of God is amazing. 
Jeremiah 19.4, because they have forsaken me and have estranged this place and have burned incense in it unto other gods and have filled this place with the blood of the innocents. Every abortion clinic should have that verse over their door. And have filled this place, this abortion clinic, with the blood of the innocents. Jeremiah 19.5, next verse. They have built also the high places of Baal, or Baal, whatever pronunciation, to burn their sons with fire for burnt offerings unto Baal, which I commanded not, nor spake it, neither came it into my mind. See, that's what's associated. When you fill the place, this place that they fill with the blood of the innocents, well, in this case, they were burning their sons with fire for burnt offerings unto Baal. Same thing they're doing in abortion clinics. Just a little different flavor. Next verse. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that this place shall no more be called Tophet, nor the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of the slaughter. The valley of slaughter. Who's going to be slaughtered, though? The very people that were killing the innocent babies. The very people that endorsed it. The very parents that gave their babies up in this particular vernacular or this particular context in the Bible for their, for their sons and daughters to be sacrificed to Baal. That's who's going to be slaughtered. Tophet, what does that mean in the Hebrew? A place of fire. What does Hinnom mean? Lamentation. So let me read that last verse again. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that this place, this place where all this innocent blood is being shed, where all these sons and daughters are being sacrificed to Baal, shall no more be called Tophet, which means a place of fire. Why? Because they're sacrificing their children to fire. Nor the valley of the son of Hinnom, which means lamentation, because I'm sure people were lamenting the fact that they had done this, even as demon-possessed as they were. But it will then be it will it will now be called the Valley of Slaughter. God's slaughter. And it ain't gonna be the babies anymore that are gonna be killed. Going back to the main article regarding this Michigan abortion provider, his speech was very slow and not clear. When walking, Alexander seemed not very well coordinated, almost like he'd been drinking. Probably had been. I mean, even even if you were demon-possessed of the toenails. Most people can't do this day in and day out and be sober. you got to be on some kind of mind-altering drugs. That's why a lot of MDs are drug addicts, because what they're doing they know is inherently wrong. They're dealing with pharmacia sorcery. They don't typically fix the problems. They put band-aids on things and then prescribe pharmacia, which further demon-infests their patients. I've done whole teachings on that. I give you the link to that as well. I'm not saying there's not a place for emergency medicine. I'm talking about in general. There's a lot of wickedness that is committed in the medical profession. And that's all by design. And just like occultists need to be typically on mind-altering substances whenever they do their human sacrifice and things like that, they do it for that reason. Their inhibitions are lower. They're able to do things they would have normally never do. And they're, they're numbed. 
The counselor wrote that he often seemed to be in an altered state during their interactions. In October 2005, the abortionist invited the pro-lifers in to talk. They took him up on his offer. We talked with him for 30 minutes, and then we prayed over him, which is extremely surprising he let them do that. The counselor wrote, After that, we had the opportunity to pray over him every Friday for the next couple of months and interact with him more. To me, this is like, what? Really? And then it says, During these times, we always noticed how he walked slow and almost in a state of sleep or confusion. His speech was also impaired, and he would say things that were not clear. Another former clinic worker came to see the counselor right after quitting her job. Woman's Choice, which is the name of the <laughs> the name of the clinic, Women's Choice, was a busy and hostile clinic to do counseling at. The counselor wrote, "There was a clinic worker who we believe was the clinic coordinator. She was very hostile with us all the time. One day, a friend of mine who counsels with me went to the clinic, and the lady was in the car waiting for us. She said that she had just quit her job there. She said that Robert, Dr. Robert Alexander was particularly confused that day, that he had asked her to sign false papers, and when she refused, that he had tried to do an abortion, and that, and she refused, and that he then tried to do an abortion on a seventh-month-old baby and charged $3,000 for it. She said she was getting out of there before it got too bad. <laughs> like it hadn't already gotten bad. <sighs> Unbelievable. Anyway, not long after that, the Ann Arbor Clinic closed because Alexander stopped paying the rent. <laughs> Guy's got a wad of hundreds or whatever. Four inches thick, he can't pay the rent though. What a deadbeat. Monica Miller, who heads up the group Citizens for a Pro-Life Society was able to enter the facility a few days after the eviction with a realtor and few other pro-life activists. In her notarized affidavit, she describes the hastily abandoned facility as exceptionally unkept and dirty, uh, like Gosnell's House of Horrors. Several piles of garbage cans occupied one room along with containers of blood material, she wrote. There was a small area of blood spattering on the wall of this room and another room I observed open syringes with exposed hypodermic needles. Another affidavit from someone who searched the facility with Miller guessed the room was full of trash because the dumpster behind the facility had been removed a month prior. Uh, apparently in the last month of business. He wrote, Woman's Choice received no garbage service. The garbage was being stored in a spare room. That's nice. Suspicious that Alexander may have left the remains of aborted babies in those bags, he opened one to take a look. He found a plastic bag with formalin inside labeled Abortion 13 Weeks. The bag had been sliced open. Uh, elsewhere in the clinic, he found trash cans spattered with blood. One had an open cup set on top of it, and the cup was filled with what appeared to be blood. I mean, this is just pure evil. Over the next few weeks, as Alexander searched for a new location for his abortion mill, Miller and other pro-life activists called him several times, posing as women seeking abortions, to find out where he would set up shop next. That was smart. Miller noted that each time they made an appointment, Alexander told them to print an informed consent paperwork off the Michigan.gov website and to bring it to the, with them. But to just skip the right-to-life questions and go 
to the end of the form, in clear violation of Michigan's informed consent law. When Alexander offered to schedule an abortion for one of them at a small office suite in Ann Arbor, Miller met with the landlord and asked if he knew the space would be used as an abortion mill. The landlord was surprised. Alexander told him he would be running a medical referral service, not performing surgery. Well, the guy's demon-possessed and fork-tongue liar. I mean, he's just going to lie about everything, just like Obama. Both the landlord and the assistant told me that this space was not set up as a doctor's office. Miller wrote, there was no sink or running water, for instance, or any kind of, on any kind of premises. The landlord decided not to rent to Alexander after all. But another landlord, this one in Ypsilanti, had allowed Alexander to store abortion equipment and furniture on his property in a small office space after the eviction. When the two were still negotiating over a possible lease agreement, with no paperwork signed and no permits filed, Dr. Alexander began arranging abortion appointments at the makeshift office, which also lacked running water or a toilet. I mean, this this dude is just... I mean, he's so far gone, it, it's, it defies description. Again, Miller contacted the landlord, and once again, Alexander was denied the lease. Good for them. Finally, Alexander managed to secure a space in Ypsilanti. City statutes require a building inspection to be performed and occupancy permits to be issued before businesses can take place can take place on any property. But she says Alexander started scheduling abortions before he asked for an inspection or applied for any permits. I mean, this guy's just pure evil. As for one woman taken by ambulance from the parking lot where the sidewalk counselors found her dazed and vomiting, that lady that we talked about earlier, she survived. She called the sidewalk counselor who had helped her later that same night and asked to be picked up from the hospital. She wanted to ride back to the parking lot to pick up her car. When the counselor picked her up, she told her a little bit about what happened. Listen to this. This is how evil this guy is. Dr. Alexander, she said, had told her an abortion would cost $250. When she arrived at his office, he raised the price. She protested, telling him that she only had 270 in her wallet, but needed the $20 to buy gas for her car so she could get to work. After the procedure, she checked her purse. The $20 she had withheld for gas was gone. He took the 250 and then he also broke into her purse after during the procedure and took the 20 This is a guy that's walking around with a 4-inch wad of cash in his pocket. This is the, I'm, I'm, I'm reading all this to, to, to drive home the caliber of doctor we're, we're dealing with here. And this, he's no aberration. Gosnell was even worse than this guy. When you do this kind of stuff, you will be demon possessed. You have sold your soul to the devil. You are an absolute extension of Satan's will on this planet when you do this stuff. So it's no wonder that they would stoop to these levels. She confronted him about the $20, but he denied taking the money. (laughs) Uh, Then he walked her across the street and left her there alone, still drugged with a wallet as empty as her womb. 
All of these troubling allegations are in 17 pages of notarized affidavits obtained by LifeSite News, but only after they were re- but only after they were rejected out of hand by officials in the state of Michigan. Because hey, the government's evil and corrupt, and they're going to protect guys like this. This is how Gosnell got away with no inspections on his facility, the Gosnell House of Horrors. Because the evidence was collected by pro-life advocates, that's why they rejected it, the affidavits. Michigan Board of Medicine Chairman Dr. George Shade dismissed it, accusing the pro-lifers of a conspiracy to discredit his former protege. This is one of his former protégés. Chip off the old block, Dr. Shade, you satanic devil. Alexander, whose filthy Muskegon clinic was shut down by local authorities as a threat to public health in late 2012, has a long history of trouble with the law. His medical license was revoked in 1990, and he served time in federal prison for selling illegal prescriptions for controlled substances out of a weight loss clinic. Dr. Shade, who was the guy that let him off the hook, was the one who helped Alexander get his license back upon his release writing a letter on his behalf and hiring the ex-con into a training program under his supervision. That's why it was his protege. Shade is now facing tough questions about the investigation he blocked into botched, abor- botched abortions at the Alexander Muskegon Clinic in 2010, but the complaint obtained by LifeSite News indicates that he may have been covering up Alexander's misdeeds for a lot longer than that. Alexander recently abruptly left his job at the abortion mill in Detroit and reportedly now works at a public uh, STD, sexually transmitted disease clinic, in the same city. An attempt by LifeSite News to reach Alexander for comment at his place of employment was unsuccessful. Imagine that. These are the kind of degenerates that gravitate to this line of work. Next report. Planned Parenthood threatens Nigerian UN ambassador over abortion. Delegates from around the world are at the United Nations headquarters. United Nations, again, one of their main goals, man, is world depopulation and abortion is at the top of the list on how to do it. At least on an incremental level. Sure, I'm sure they'd like to release the pandemics and the biologics and the chemical weapons and the nukes to really, really get the job done quick. But on an incremental, everyday, day-to-day basis, abortion is the best way to accomplish this. In their eyes. So they're, they're, um, the delegates from around the world are at the United Nations headquarters in New York City for the latest commission on po- population development. <laughs> that should be population reduction, but at that meeting, the international affiliate of Planned Parenthood abortion business is threatening the representative from Nigeria. The abortion giant essentially is saying it will try to get the ambassador removed from his position if he doesn't support quote, reproductive rights language that will ultimately lead to the UN endorsing abortion. Patrick Buckley of the European Life Network comments on this developing situation. International Planned Parenthood have resorted to placing pressure on the Nigerian ambassador to the United Nations to accede to their demands to include references to sexual and reproductive health and rights in the current negotiations on population uh, and development in New York. A letter written by Planned Parenthood executive was sent yesterday to the United to the Nigerian NGO, seeking support for their demand that Nigeria should accept their anti-life and anti-family agenda. I mean, the United Nations is the coming essence of the coming one-world religion 
coming one world economic, coming one world political, coming one world morality system. The letter looks like a veiled threat in which Planned Parenthood will first use their influence to cause the ambassador to lose her position at the UN woman as the first chair if her delegate does not back down on sexual and reproductive health rights. I mean, you get yoked up with the United Nations, you're just getting yoked up with Satan. And you're going to play ball their way, or they're going to they're going to make sure you don't play ball at all, and you're, you're out of there. The letter sounds so nice on the surface, but hidden behind the provision calling for sexual and reproductive health rights is an agenda to legalize prostitution, same-sex marriage, abortion on demand, and to sexualize children, whilst at the same time denying parental rights. That's what the UN's all about. Evil. Pure, unadulterated evil. Legalized prostitution. Well, then they have more abortions to perform if they're not, you know, whatever, already on their abortifactive contraceptives or getting abortions. They like that. Those are all sacrifices to Satan. You have to understand, all the sacrifices, all the abortions that are taking place are sacrifices to Satan. That's how the occultists view this. Next report, Representative Trent Franks of Arizona, an Arizona Republican, is the sponsor of the D.C. Pain-Capable Unborn Child Protection Act, which would ban abortion in the District of Columbia after 20 weeks gestation. Based on scientific research that shows unborn children feel pain past that point in development. Currently in the district, abortion is permitted for any reason until the moment of birth. The moment of birth. So, going further. The graphic accounts from abortionist doctor Kermit Gosnell's murder murder trial remind us that abortion is a brutal and torturous enterprise. This trial brings to light the gruesome nature of what happens in abortion clinics all across the country, including our nation's capital where abortions are legal up to the moment of birth. That's unbelievable. Today, I, along with 94 co-sponsors, introduced the District of Columbia Pain-Capable Unborn Child Protection Act, a bill to restrict abortions in the District of Columbia beyond the 20th week of development. The medical community has reached a clear consensus that unborn children at this stage, and perhaps even in earlier stages, can feel pain. Again, even before that, it's no less precious in God's eyes. You know, but again, if they could get this through, I mean, this would prevent untold numbers of abortions from happening, at least in the District of Columbia. So, um, if you want to know more about that, I, again, I think they have a newsletter list. This is from lifenews.com. You can get on their list. Again, but a lot of these organizations are really yoked up with the Catholics as well, which is my biggest problem. You know, uh, so let's go further. Religious groups celebrate day to thank abortion doctors. Yeah, you heard me right. In case you missed it, March 10th was National Abortion Provider Appreciation Day. Yes, a special day to celebrate the work done by your friendly neighborhood abortionist. March 10th. National Abortion Provider Appreciation Day. 
I'm not, I'm not making this up. This is how sick our world has become. One of them that call evil good and good evil. That's the norm. One of them that doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully. They feign to do the work of the Lord deceitfully. They're not doing the work of God. But they act like they are. This is this is this organization. The Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. The RCRC. Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. Now again, I go over a lot of this stuff so you can pray specifically about these types of things, about, for these specific organizations that God destroy them. This organization needs to be annihilated off the planet. I mean, I hope the people inside, maybe they can be saved. I don't know. I hope they can. But the organization itself needs to be destroyed. Because they're pure wickedness. They're pure evil. They're killing babies. And they're doing it with a, quote, Christian veneer. Which is probably even more of an abomination to God. Than just a straight out abortionist who's just flat out evil doing it. At least he's honest about it. At least he's just going to admit he's evil. These people are trying to do this with some type of Christian veneer. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. As the Bible says. The, the RCRC enjoys official unqualified endorsements from a collection of liberal Protestant... Jewish, Unitarian Universalists, atheist slash humanist groups marked the holiday by emailing supporters a statement entitled, The Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice Thanks and Blesses Abortion Providers. Just like Obama just said, God bless you, Planned Parenthood, you're making me blush. I'm with you to the very end. You got a friend in me. They have, the RCRC says, God bless, bless abortion providers. According to this church-endorsed, atheist-funded interfaith group, religious leaders should celebrate the, quote, holy work which has claimed the lives of over 55 million American babies since 1973. And like I said, that doesn't even begin. You could probably times that times 100 if you add in contraception and all of the other ones that were off the books. We have no idea. But they say it should be celebrated as a holy work. And we need to do this by thanking, blessing, and offering prayers of gratitude for the work of, quote, abortion providers around the world. Thanking, blessing, and offering prayers. Well, I guess if you're praying to Satan, yeah, and gratitude. Because they made the world such a better place. All that innocent blood crying out from the land, cursing the land, cursing the populations. They have so made the world a better place. After all, performing abortions is driven by equal parts compassion and courage. These are quotes from them. As well as for many providers, a deep religious faith. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if your god is Baal, or Moloch, or Chemosh, or Artemis, or Lilith, well, of course, you have a deep religious faith in those satanic deities, and you're sacrificing these, these infants to them directly in your abortion clinic, and you're profiting off of them. 
sure, yeah. From that standpoint, I understand. And it, it's these these abortions are driven by equal parts compassion and courage. Yeah, Kermit Gosnell. He was driven by equal parts compact this Michigan abortion provider, all of them. Planned Parenthood, Obama, they're driven by equal parts compassion and courage. It's the exact opposite of what is coming out of their silver tongue, fork tongue, reptilian mouths. RCRC endorses endorsers include four old line Protestant denominations, the United Methodist Church, the Presbyterian Church, USA, the Episcopal Church, and the United Church of Christ. My comment, wow, I guess these wonderful, quote, Christian 501c3 corporate denominations could care less about murdering babies. Or, these verses, Jeremiah 1.4 Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly. This is God talking to Jeremiah. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. Sanctified means to be made holy and set apart. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. This is before Jeremiah was formed in the belly. Before. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. He before ordains our good works. I believe before we're even formed in the belly. Psalm 22.10 I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Genesis 4, 9. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I thy brother's keeper? And he said unto him, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. This is just one of the verses in the Bible where it talks about innocent blood cries out from the ground. And Abel wasn't a baby. He wasn't an innocent little baby. And his blood still cried out from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, he's talking to Cain, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. Matthew 18.6, but who, this is Jesus Christ talking, but who shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. That verse is for you, all you abortion providers out there. Kermit Gosnell, this Michigan, Dr. Alexander, the Michigan abortion guy, you, Obama, and all your slimy ilk. It were better for you that a millstone were hung about your neck and that you were drowned in the depths of the sea that you offend one of these little ones which believeth on Jesus Christ. I wish that's the way it would have worked out so you could not have worked wickedness with your wicked life. While many members of each denomination have protested this affiliation, RCRC enjoys strong support from the liberal factions and denominational elites in all four of those denominations that I mentioned. 
Liberals within the United Methodist Church openly celebrate how their Machiavellian tactics prevented a proposal to sever the UMC's ties from RCRC from ever coming to, to a vote at a denomination's 2012 general conference. Observers on both sides believe that this proposal would have passed if the liberal, uh, if the delegates had not been forcibly prevented from voting on it. In other words, the liberal factions of those denominations made sure that vote never happened. Even despite the way in which the United Methodist bishops, with a couple of notable exceptions, have chosen to abdicate their responsibility of moral leadership. All these denominational systems just continue to get more and more watered down, lukewarm, leavened with leaven, bad doctrine, 501c3 yoked up with the government, yoked up with their false translations, all this sin and evil and greed, all of their unconcern for like the poor and these types of things, where they, I mean, worthy ministries, the poor, their total lack of disregard for them. They just care, all they care about is enriching themselves, building builder, bigger buildings, having more status, having more stuff being politically correct, not being labeled by any of their other lukewarm 501c3 brethren. The RCRC email also promotes a video featuring an abortionist and RCRC board member, Dr. Willie Parker, accepting the inaugural Moody Patterson Award for Leadership in Reproductive Justice. I love these terms they come up with. Reproductive justice. It's you know what who's really getting justice? The infant, the baby that you're killing. Cold-blooded. Yeah, that baby's really getting good justice, don't you think? But as long as the mother doesn't have to bear the responsibility of the little baby in the womb and, and have to as long as the baby's dead, that's 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 okay. The baby gets no justice. The mother gets to kill her baby so she can become a murderer. But see, that's reproductive justice. As is typical for defenders of all abortions, there is disproportionate attention given to rare, hard cases which account for only a tiny percentage of American abortions. In other words, they want to minor on major and majors and major on minors. They want to strain in a gnat and swallow a camel, which is typical of hypocritical devils like this. But the award recipient makes it clear that his abortion business also includes many cases of simply unplanned or unwanted pregnancies. They just have to die because they're unplanned or unwanted. Meanwhile, creative, nonviolent solutions to such circumstances, meaning unplanned or unwanted pregnancies, including but not even limited to adoption, are treated as unworthy or even given a moment of consideration. There's more than enough people out there with adoption alone that would want to adopt these babies. Okay? And that's just one method. But no, 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 no. We serve our father Satan. We want to make sure that they're dead. 
We don't want people to adopt them and have the happiness of bringing up and nurturing that child and giving it a loving home. No, 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 no. We don't want that. That's, that's barbaric. That's evil. We serve Satan. We want to make sure these babies are dead. Because that is Satan's will and we serve Satan. That's what they're saying loud and clear. I'm just, I'm just giving you the interpretation. I'm giving you the interpretation of what they're really saying. Okay? I, I think I'm fairly decent at that. I mean, I know I'm sugarcoating it. I know. I know I'm beating around the bush. Sorry. Anyway. So none of these other adoption, nothing else. They're, they're not even given a moment of consideration. They're not even an option. For the large portion of the human population whose conception was not planned, RCRC's implied message, message seems clear. The value of your life is inherently massively lower than that of others. In fact, unplanned pregnancies being allowed to live is defined primarily as a punishment and a source of untold hardships for your family. So they have to be eliminated. The statement from the religious front group gushingly claims that in the video, Parker eloquently explained why providing abortion care, I love that term, abortion care, is part of his own spiritual life. Well, of course, he's a Satanist. He's a Luciferian. He's a high-level occultist. And it is part of his spiritual life. We're going to talk more about that in a second. However, his speech actually makes no reference to God, Scripture, or even to his personally adhering to any religion. Well, he doesn't want to get into the details of how he serves Lucifer, Satan. He doesn't want to get into those gory details. Here's my comment. Man, this is really reminiscent of Patricia Baird Wendell, founder and owner of Aware Woman Center for Choice, a.k.a. Abortion Clinic, who was quoted saying, quote, you practice your religion, you Christians, essentially, and let me practice mine. My religion is holy ritual child sacrifice. And she's an abortion clinic owner, and there's guaranteed there's probably thousands of her out there, just like her. What better place to practice holy, unholy, ritual, child sacrifice than owning an abortion clinic? You don't got to sneak around in the dark. You don't got to go, you know, you, you can have a place where you can do all this all legal-like and make lots of money. Well, this Parker guy eloquently explained why providing abortion care is part of his own spiritual life. Well, it is for Patricia Ward Bindle. This owner of this abortion clinic. You practice your religion, let me practice mine. My religion is holy ritual child sacrifice. Well, I like her honesty at least. At least she's honest. It's about the only thing I like. But at least she has the backbone enough to come out and say it. The stated purpose of the Wiccan Religious Cooperative of, of Florida. Wiccan is white, supposedly white witchcraft. The stated purpose of the Wiccan Religious Cooperative of Florida is to provide an umbrella organization for witch covens throughout the state of Florida. 
the incorporation papers list two abortion clinic employees as directors of the Wiccan organization. Why That goes hand in hand. Witchcraft, abortion clinic workers, Wicca, child sacrifice, it all goes hand in hand. Shortly after the Wiccan Religious Cooperative of Florida was founded, Carol Ebbing, another aware woman abortion clinic employee, now the aware women abortion clinic is owned by Patricia Baird Wendell, who is the one that said, you practice your religion, I practice mine, my religion is holy. She works there, okay, for this witch. Carol Ebing, another aware women abortion clinic employee, procured the book entitled, quote, The Sacrament of Abortion. The Sacrament of Abortion by Gannette Paris, who is a witch in France who presents abortion as a, quote, sacred act and a sacrifice to Artemis. See, that's what it's all about. The Bible talks about this. They sacrifice their children to Baal, to Moloch, to Chemosh. Doing the same thing today, if you be honest about it. They're just trying to do it under this medical veneer of doing something righteous and, and helping the world, helping women with their reproductive health and their reproductive rights. They just do it under a much more hypocritical guise today. Whereas back then, they were pretty much out in the open with it. They had the Valley of Tophet, which means burning. You'd go there, you'd sacrifice your, your child to bail so that you make more money, or you have a better harvest, or whatever. Or maybe it was just required of the God to be whatever. Sacrifice your firstborn. See, back then it was more, at least it was a little more honest. See, now it's just totally hypocritical. I think that's why I despise it so much. Partly why I despise it, not the only reason, but, you know, they try to put this wonderful little veneer, and then you have these so-called religious groups. And then you actually have mainline, old-line denominations like you know, the Methodists and, and the Church of Christ and the Episcopalians and these devil, lukewarm denominations yoking up with this. How beyond sickening. What an abomination. What a stench in God's nostrils. The fact that he hasn't totally annihilated this country is just incomprehensible to me regarding his mercy. I mean, I'm enough of a wretch of a man. I wouldn't blame him if he did it to me. Much less this stuff going on. I mean, if I got what I deserve, I'd get death and hell. I'd be the first one to admit it. And then I read this stuff and it's like, wow, I know what I deserve apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. And look at what they're doing out in the open. And they're still, all I can say is God's beyond merciful. And long-suffering. So yeah, this is what we have going on. The most religious part of his speech is when Parker approvingly quotes a statement from the clergy consultative services praising abortionists for living by the highest standards of religion and the Hippocratic Oath. This devil, Parker guy, praises abortionists for living by the highest standards of religion. You sick, deluded, twisted, perverse, vile devil. 
may God rain down his fury on you and every one of your ilk, that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider of God's doing, that the fear of God would be upon this planet, and that that fear would drive many to the Lord Jesus Christ. In this case, the severity of the Lord leadeth thee to repentance. All of that's biblical based that I just said. Or should we pray that he is enabled in wickedness to further continue in wickedness and to deceive those that he has given these speeches to and these types of things? No, that's not going to do any good. People like this need to be judged in this lifetime. Praising abortionists for living by the highest standards of religion and of the Hippocratic Oath. The site, and, and I had I had to do some. When he said the Hippocratic Oath, I had to I had to do a little more investigation there. The citation of the Hippocratic Oath is beyond hypocritical, given how abortion is explicitly rejected in the classical version of that oath for doctors of Western medicine. Now, I went and I just highlighted the appropriate parts of the original Hippocratic Oath. The Hippocratic Oath is one of the most widely known of Greek medical texts. It requires a new physician to swear upon a number of healing gods that he will uphold a number of professional ethical standards. Here is the oath text, English translation, version 1. Okay, I'm just giving you a couple lines that are pertinent here. here. Here's how the oath, the Hippocratic Oath starts out. Apollo, physician, and Asclepius, and Hygieia, and Panacea, and all the gods and goddesses, making them my witnesses, that I will fulfill according to my ability and judgment this oath and this covenant. So you're taking an oath to devils, fallen angels. It's no wonder the medical profession is so corrupted with evil. This by itself. Now I'm not saying that the, every one of the new medical, but I'm saying this is where the oath started. Okay? You're, no, the Bible says above all, swear not. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ said that. Above all, swear not. We're not supposed to swear under oath. But let your yea be nay, yea, and your nay be nay. Yes or no. And then it goes on to say in the, in the Hippocratic Oath, it says, I will neither give a deadly drug to anybody. My comment, like the morning after pill, is to an unborn baby. The essence of this oath is where we get the term, first do no harm. You ever heard that term, first do no harm? That's from the Hippocratic Oath. It's a part of one part of the oath. It's where the, but it's where the term comes from, and I verified that last night as I studied this. So, I will neither give deadly drug to anybody. Okay, That kind of is out the window if you give the uh, morning after pill to a woman so she can abort a baby, because it's not real, it doesn't turn out real good for the unborn baby, right? Kills them. Okay. And then, so I will neither give deadly drug to anybody if 
if asked for it, nor will I make a suggestion to this effect. Similarly, I will not give to a woman any abortive remedy. In purity and in holiness, I will guard my life and my art. So it says right here, near the start of the Hippocratic Oath, if asked, um, if asked, nor will I make suggestion to this effect, similarly, I will not give to a woman an abortive remedy. And this fork-tongued devil, Parker, has the audacity to say that the most religious part of his speech is when Parker provenly quotes a statement from the clergy consultative service. The clergy consultative service. Was this the clergy of Satan? Praising abortionists for living by the highest standards of religion. Yes, the satanic religion. And of the Hippocratic Oath. He was praising abortionists. And, the, and about the fourth line into the Hippocratic Oath, it says... Similarly, I will not give to a woman an abortive remedy. Because women wanted to abort their babies back then, too. Just like they do now. So this guy is really, really deluded in his thinking process. He doesn't know anything about what he's talking about. Fourth line into the Hippocratic Oath, it says the exact opposite thing of what he's saying. What a devil. Now, you want to know more about that subject, pharmacia, sorcery, pharmaceuticals, and the roots of, modern, of the modern-day drug industry. Here's my teaching. Give you a link to it. Pharmacia is a form of the Greek word from where we get the English words pharmacy, pharmacist, pharmaceutical. In the Bible, pharmacia carried with it the, the, the idea of sorcery, occultism, and black magic. It is, it is in this sense that Paul used the term in Galatians 5.20 as the word witchcraft. It was literally translated from the Greek pharmakia into the word witchcraft. In Revelation 9.21 and 18.23, it is translated as the word sorceries. Do you find it rather disturbing that approximately 60% of the population, it might be more than that now, is taking at least one pharmaceutical drug every day? Some are taking up to 15 and 20. We are told that we are living during a time of the greatest medical breakthroughs in the history of the world, yet over 100 million Americans suffer from various health problems. Why has such a large majority of the world become dependent on pharmaceutical drugs? Perhaps you're one of the hundreds of millions around the world that's ingesting a daily dose of pharmaceutical medicine. Is it possible that the pharmaceutical-slash-medical cartel has disease treatment and not disease cure in mind? They don't have any financial motivation to develop a cure for anything ever. Why? That would take away their reoccurring revenue. That would take away you not being locked into their system, a system of control, a system where they can make you weak and sickly and toxic and take your money. They don't want you to ever break free from that, ever. Why would Satan want such a thing? The most powerful German economic corporate emporium in the first half of this century was known as IG Farben and was nothing more than a powerful cartel of BASF. Remember there, the company that advertised a while back, we don't make the products you use, we make the products you use better. Okay, Bear, as in Bear Aspirin, one of the most wicked companies still on the planet today. 
Hoist, and other German chemical and pharmaceutical companies. That's what IG Farben basically split into after World War II. IG Farben was the single largest donor to the election campaign of Adolf Hitler. And the beginning of the modern day pharmaceutical industry that the medical industry is totally based on. Zyklon B, an extermination gas produced by Hoist, was used to kill millions of innocent people in the Nazi death camps. This is the fruit. This is the foundation. The Bible says, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Psalm 11, verse 3. Well, I'd say the pharmaceutical uh, companies have a pretty cruddy reputation and foundation. You know? The U.S. government's investigation of all factors leading to World War II in 1946 came to the conclusion that without I.G. Farben, the Second World War would have not been possible. Because Hitler would not have had that massive, massive funding to fund and get his war machine off the ground. As an apparently deliberate rhetorical strategy, we're going back to the main article, the speech and the RCRC text repeatedly uh, connect abortion with the words compassion and care. Oh, these sick devils. Even framing the procedure itself as abortion care. Seeing that, that term more and more used, abortion care. In fact, Parker frames his work as so driven by compassion that his retort to questions about his comfort and personally performing abortions is that, get this, you're going to love this, is that he is uncomfortable with the number of abortions he failed to provide for the first 12 years of his practice. His conscience is so pure and good and righteous and close with God that he said that he is uncomfortable at the number of abortions he failed to perform in the first 12 years of his practice. Meaning, he didn't kill enough little innocent babies. His, he's uncomfortable that he didn't kill more. That he did not serve his father, Satan, better the first 12 years. I'm translating now. I'm giving you what he really said. That's what he really means. Anybody that sick, vile, deluded, perverse, deranged, demented, anybody that could utter such a... And here we have, these are the cream of the crop, talking at these... You got Obama saying all the sick, wicked, twisted things that have come out of his mouth the last week speaking at Planned Parenthood. You got a guy like this saying the most perverse, twisted, evil things, trying to put on a veneer of righteousness... And holiness. And demonize the people that want to protect babies. Pro-lifers. Christians. We're the bad guys. They're the good guys. One of them they call evil good and good evil. Here's a, here's a good verse that, that relates to this. I just can't interject enough Bible into this. Well, for by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Obama, think about his words that I quoted today. Think about this Parker, this guy we're quoting right now. 
You're going to have to answer for those words. They're going to have to answer for those words. Coming off their forked tongue. They're going to have to answer for them. Here's another great one that just perfectly fits this. Proverbs 17, 15. He that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just, even they both are an abomination to the Lord. Justifying the wicked and condemning the just. Exactly what Obama's done. Exactly what this Parker guy's done. Exactly what Planned Parenthood attempts to do. Unbelievable. Jeremiah 48.10 And they would say they're doing the work of the Lord. They've even alluded to that. God, you know, Obama's over here saying, God bless you, you're making me blush, you know. Jeremiah 48.10 Cursed be he that doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully. Cursed be he. Jeremiah 7.28 But thou shalt say to them, This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. Truth is perished and is cut off from their mouth. That's why we have this kind of garbage going on in America. Why? Because they, we have not received correction. We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God. I'm talking in general. I'm talking 99 point probably at least 99% of the nation. They haven't received correction. Truth is perished. In that environment, truth will perish. Evil would be called good. And truth is cut off from their mouth. All they can speak is lies. And these people go around and they're highly esteemed among men. They're praised. All these people clapping for Obama and gushing for him. And he's making them blush. What kind of sick, deluded devils would give a standing ovation or accolades to that vile, whatever it is? Obama. Hideous creature that he is. And he said unto them, ye are we, Jesus Christ, and he said unto them, ye are they which justify yourselves before men. But God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Yep. 2 Timothy 3.13 But evil men and seducers shall wax, meaning grow, worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. See, these people that get up there and say this, they're deceived. They're deluded. And they're deceiving as many other people as they can. Jesus Christ said, you will know them by their fruits. Matthew 7, 16. All of this is fruit that we're examining today. We're just examining fruit. He that is spiritual judgeth all things. We're supposed to judge righteous judgment. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. And I don't mean hypocritical judgment, which is where you have a beam in your own eye and you judge the speck in your brothers. This is judging righteous judgment. Okay, which is totally biblical. And because the church doesn't do that is a big reason it's in the shape that it's in. Isaiah 66, 3, 4. <laughs> this would remind me of these four mainline denominations that are endorsing this RCRC. 
and like this guy that's speaking. Yea, they have chosen their own ways, and their soul delighteth in their abominations. I will also choose their delusions, and will bring their fears upon them, because when I called, none did answer. When I spake, they did not hear. But they did evil before mine eyes, and chose that which I delighted not. You think God likes it when a person that calls himself a Christian chooses to support abortion? Or stay in a denomination where they're they're promoting that? Oh, it's okay, I can change it from within. No, I think you better get out. You better get out. Because like I said, every single 501c3 corporate denomination will all end up in the one world religion. Now, if you want to stay in that train until it it arrives at that track and, and arrives at that depot where they just flat out yoke up with the UN and they're coming one world religion and they're coming one world antichrist and false prophet, that's your prerogative. But it's coming. It's not going to get any better. It's not going to get any better. Guaranteed. Just look around. I mean, I've been doing this a long time and I haven't seen it getting any better. I only see it getting worse by the day. So, anyway, I wanted to go over a few of those verses. So he was ultimately, the biggest regret it sounds like he had was he was uncomfortable at the number of abortions he had failed to provide for the first 12 years of his practice. He hadn't served Satan well enough. Meanwhile, RCRC's on-screen text also notes common reproductive rights talking points. Lamenting how the performance of abortion is not more widespread throughout the country. See, there's not enough. There's not enough sacrifices to Satan. We need to have more. Satan is grieved that there's not more killing going on. Yet for all the talk of compassion and care, this abortion appreciation presentation included no hints of acknowledgement that abortions involve another human being besides the woman and the abortionist. The baby is an absolute, total non-consideration afterthought. And if you think about it, the baby is the most important of the three. I mean, if they're willing to sacrifice their own child, they don't even register as far as worth, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I know I'm not God, and that's good I'm not God. (laughs) Real good. But think about it. Who is the most important in that, in the three, in the room? Let's just say it was an abortion doctor and the mom who is willingly ready to sacrifice her baby and the abortionist who does that all day long. Who's the most important? The baby, by far. And and the baby's the one that's killed. This is the time it's hardest to be angry and sin not. The whole righteous indignation, which is an attribute of God. If I'm this mad over this, can you imagine how angry God is? I can't even comprehend how furious he must be over this. So, for all the talk of compassion and care... It included no hint of acknowledgement that abortions involve another human being besides the woman and the abortionment. 
than the abortionist, let alone acknowledgement of the scars abortion leaves on surviving mothers, fathers, and siblings. But in the RCRC's dictionary, dictionary, compassion and care are redefined to mean mercilessly drowning another human being in poison or cutting them to pieces and taking great pains to avoid acknowledging they ever existed. That's their definition of compassion and care. That's how sick and twisted this world has become. I'm not coming down on my listeners or born again Bible believing Christians. I'm just saying in general. So again, I say all this so that we can pray about this and um, that we're not destroyed for lack of knowledge, that we're not ignorant of Satan's devices lest he get an advantage of us, that we're reproving the unfruitful works of darkness and manifesting them. That means shedding light on them, not ignoring them and acting like they don't exist. So that's all I have for today. Um, I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. All your goodness, all your mercy, Lord. Um, how fortunate we all are that we weren't aborted, Lord. That that our moms and dads didn't abort us. Because we could have been one of those babies easily. And I, I just, I, I thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your compassion. I pray, God, you would intervene in these situations, Lord where abortions are scheduled to be performed, that you would intervene, Lord God, worldwide. That you would stop it, Lord. I I just pray to God you intervene, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit, your angelic host, through the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, through the blood of Jesus Christ, I pray to God you intervene, Lord, and that, Lord, that you would destroy, you would annihilate these abortion clinics worldwide. If, if it's necessary, God, rain down fire and brimstone on them that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God that they would wisely consider of your doing and that the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in you and all the upright in heart would glory. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us, and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us. And that whatever you want us to do regarding this information, whether it's this teaching or previous teachings, or whatever you convict us about in your word, or through other ministries, I just pray that you clearly make our past clear and plain because of our enemies, Lord, as your word says. That you would use us mightily for your glory, the body of Christ mightily, and that you would use us to lead many people to the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.